I love All right, we're good. Three, two, one. Welcome to another edition of the Yo Kid Sports Podcast. And don't forget, we do this for kids, for the parents, as we navigate the complicated world of youth sports. Please subscribe. Hit the little button. It's free. Subscribe to it. We give you all kinds of experts, including my guest today, who I love. And we want to thank him because he's busy right now scouting uh, Texas and Houston. He's a scout for the Phillies, a former big league pitcher for the Diamondbacks. And he's a dad. Coach, he does it all. Michael Koplov joins us. Mikey. How's it going? How's, thank you, how's Texas? It's good. It's not nearly as hot as I'm used to used to being down in Texas. There's actually a little chilly. They opened the roof last night. I was like, what's happening here? So, but it's good. I'm ready to go home though. Ready to watch yeah. the at home. <laughs> ready for the little World Series action. Exactly. Exactly. It'll be, it'll be fantastic. So one of the things that you know, you are perfect for this because you know, you were a youth star, you played in the bigs, you, you did everything, and you're a dad. And you're a coach. And so you understand from the youth level. So let's start with first balancing, you know, your your own career and then being dad to Alex, your son. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's for me, it's tricky because the the time of year that I'm really busy um, with my work for the Phillies, you know, scouting and running around the whole country is baseball season. So uh, the spring a lot of the summer and then uh, obviously some of the fall too. And it's, you know, so it's hard for me. I miss a lot of the actual games that he plays. Um, so th- like I haven't perfected that, that balance part of it yet. I, I miss more than I would like uh, from an actual game perspective, but uh, when I'm home, I'm home with him. I get to everything that I, you know, everything that he has, I coach him, you know, off the field in terms of, um, you know, just his actual, his, baseball training or whatever I do with him. And I'm with him all the time with that, me and my dad and my brother. So, um, you know, I, I'm there as much as, as I can possibly be there, but it's also, there is that, that tough balance of, because there's, there's a lot going on in my life from a work perspective that keeps me away from it. That makes it a little bit harder to, to be as, as involved as I would like to be. So I have to kind of pass it off to family members. We'll get into the family members a little bit. (laughs) uh i it's curious like so alex is has he turned 11 yet uh uh, in a month yeah he's in a month he'll turn 11 yeah so like which when you look at him he's he's my son and he's a baby and we we, you know our kids full disclosure played together and you know i love your i love your alex he's just a great kid and what what when you kind of navigate for him what are you kind of looking for? Like, what's your goal? Like, we all have goals for our children without throwing, hey, I want you to be me and go pitch right. in the big leagues. Right, right, right. See, it's, it's. I mean, there's like the dream goal, which is that, which is like, you know, that's not really a goal. Not yet. He's 11. Um, you know, when he first started playing, I, I, I always said, like, if he can do all of this, assuming he likes it and wants to keep playing which he does um and it can get him to a, a good college and help him with that point like that's that's all i want I have, everything else on top of that is kind of gravy for me um but i'm i'm 
you know, I'm doing this with the idea that it'll help him get into a good college. He loves playing baseball. Um, it's fun for him. Uh, you know, he gets to play with a lot of kids, all of his friends, all of these kinds of things. It's a good experience or hopefully a good experience uh, for him. And and that's the goal. Now, if it turns out, you know, where I'm going to do everything I can to make him as good of a player as he can possibly be, as he wants to be. And if it becomes he's not good enough for college, that's fine. If it becomes he's good enough to go beyond college, that's that's great also. Um, but like I don't I, I haven't put too high of expectations on him um, beyond just get him as good as he can be and let the cards kind of fall where they may. You know, he works really hard. He's practicing five, six days a week, um, even when I'm not there. And for the most part, he enjoys it. There are days where he comes home from school and he's tired and cranky as we all know kids can be. And those days are a little more of a grind for everybody, but there are a lot of days where he's just like, what time, Am I going? What time's grandpa picking me up or what time are you taking me? And he goes there and he, and he, and he does his stuff and he's, you know, he's getting better. He's it's, it's a process, but he's getting better. What's the training methods that, you know, cause a lot of parents will say, Hey, like, you know, what should I do? What should I be doing with my child? Yeah. Well, I mean, there's, there's a lot to it with baseball. I think at this age, one of the most important things, and and I have to really start focusing on this with, with Alex, more than uh, more than I have is just just general athleticism training, you know, speed, quickness, agility, you know, you know, explosive strength, all that kind of stuff, because not necessarily certainly not weight room stuff or anything like that, but just like jumping and plyometrics and all and, and sprinting and all this kind of stuff like that stuff can get better. And there's this window here before, you know, kind of before they start to develop really physically, that um, is a really good time to do that. And so that's that's a key to it because no matter how much skill training you do like there's sort of a, a ceiling athletically that you got to just kind of keep pushing up um so that the skill training can come up with it because you you know you could be as skilled as, as you can but if 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 you're not there athletically to, to match it then there's going to be you know you're going to hit a wall at some point um so that's a big part of it um and then baseball is you know, it's a highly skilled sport. Like there's a lot of, um, you know, there's a lot of like detail that, that you have to do that needs to be, it can only be perfected through repetition over and over and over. There's a reason people hit however many, you know, it takes so much batting practice from the time they're a little kid and, or, or, you know, pitching, throwing so many pitches and learning how to do different things on the mound or, or fielding ground balls and, and fielding them the right way and all of that kind of stuff. Like it, it takes repetition. It takes time. It, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a detailed sport with a lot of, you know, a lot of aspects to it that need to be worked on over and over because it's, it's, it's hard. Yeah. And the, the each position is its own challenge, right? Like, yeah. you know, like you talk about, all right, so if Alice is playing short, all right, how we're going to feel the, you know, the, there is a, cor- like you talk about the correct way of circling to the ball and being able to make all the throw, you know, make your throws and feel it correctly and go to second when you have to go to yeah. second for a force or a double player, go to first and knowing everything. So you have that, but then you have, you know, is he going to pitch? Is he right. going to play catcher? Is he going to play the outfield? Is he going to play first? Like every, it's amazing. It's yeah. the beauty of the sport, which is each position. Do you believe in multiple positions and teaching multiple you know, yes. 
Yes. I mean, yes, somewhat. Um, so we, you know, we move guys around the field a, a decent amount. Alex knows how to play short, knows how to play second. He's learning a little bit of third um, just so that, you know, if he's got to go over there, he can, he, he can, he can do it. Um, hasn't done much in the outfield, although, you know, running and catching fly balls, he he's generally able to do. Um, but yeah, I think to a point, like kids need to, need to be moving around and moving around and moving around um, and learning the game from that standpoint, because you never know where you're going to end up. Like if, if you're a shortstop at nine, it doesn't mean you're a shortstop even by the time you're 12, because there are other kids that are, that are, you know, also very good. Um, and certainly even if you're a shortstop at 12, it doesn't mean you're going to be the varsity shortstop on your high school team. Um, so you need to learn the game from all of those standpoints and, and have some idea. Um, so yeah, I, I, I think there's value in making sure everyone on the field knows what their, um, what their responsibilities are and what their teammates responsibilities are. Um, but also like they're starting to get to an age now where it's becoming a little more competitive and, um, you start to see teams where on the Sundays of tournaments, at least like guys are in their position and they're not really moving. Um, and that's kind of the way travel ball is. And if you want to be competitive, like you have to sort of match that. Um, otherwise you're putting yourself at a competitive disadvantage that makes it hard. So there's like that balance there between making sure kids are, are getting some experience and also helping them learn how to win because it's no fun and been on both sides of it where you go to the ballpark and you lose 12 one. And, you know, that's not productive for, doesn't help the kids like sports either, or, you know, or like what they're doing when they're getting their butts kicked. Yeah. It's funny. Um, they, they did well. Moss's team did well this past weekend. So coincidentally, he was like, Hey dad, can I throw to you? Um, and I was like, yeah, like, you know, like that's music. Yeah. Like, you know, when they ask you, when they ask to do it. Yeah. You know, and I'm not saying, dude, you got to come out. We got to go, you know, yeah. let's go. And yeah. it's, it's kind of interesting. Let's talk pitching because you were a big league pitcher. You threw really hard. Your brother threw really hard. I mean, you you know, you that's you made your bones pitching. What What's the what's the appropriate kind of grooming of a young pitcher? I mean, especially you know, like they haven't even gone through puberty yet. Yeah. Yeah. It's 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 weird to me. I don't. I don't know if I know the answer to that because I look back at what I did and from the time I was eight or nine, like I have game balls from when I was eight playing at the Sabre league in South Philly. And it's like, I threw a no hitter, six innings, 18 strikeouts and all this kind of stuff. And I'm like, I must've thrown a lot of pitches to do that. Right. And like, if a kid gets to 50 pitches now and I'm in the dugout, I'm like panicking. I'm like, I got to get him out. He's had so many pitches, so many pitches right. that didn't, like that wasn't the case when we were growing up, like kids just pitched. Like if you were getting them out, you pitched a complete game and you'd pitch a complete game twice a week. Um, and you know, my elbow was sore sometimes and I had to take a step back and not play, not pitch for a month. And my dad would, his hair would get grayer, uh, as a result of it. And it like, that's frustrating. And you have to kind of figure that out. I think at this, in this day and age, I'm, more comfortable airing on the side of caution with the kids. And if you have to pull them out early to, you know, th then so be it. But I don't know. I just don't know like the, the right answer, because like I said, like I used to throw all the time and, and even when I didn't pitch in games, like I would go in my backyard and I would draw a square on the wall and I would throw 
a complete game against invisible batters, um, trying to figure out, like, learn how to pitch. And those were pitches that my arm was throwing, and my arm was fine. Um, so, like, I, I don't know. I think to some extent we're a little overcautious, but it's hard to fault people when you see young kids and so many college and high school kids getting Tommy John surgery. Um, it's like, it's crazy. And I, you know, I don't think anyone knows the right answer. It's just, you got to kind of, each kid is a little different and you have to listen to them when they tell you they're sore, or they're tired. Um, as a parent, you have to be willing to tell the coach, Hey, my son can't pitch today. You know, he threw a lot or whatever it is, or he's got one inning or he's fine and let him go. Um, I think it's, it's kind of on everyone to, to know their own kid a little bit. Yeah. I, and you know, even when you look at big picture, I, I'm with you. Like I, I don't know. I mean, it's been obvious where, <clears throat> you know, it, you don't need to be, you don't need to have kids beat Nolan Ryan throwing 170 pitches, but there, there are sometimes I think we don't throw enough. Yeah. And I do think, and you see it when you scout, you know, high school and college kids and, and minorly when you do, when you look at the minors, I mean, you know, some kids that, you know, you, it, it's good for them to build up. Yes. You know, a little bit yeah. because, you know, yeah. and you see it, you know, again, there's effectiveness that I think when you don't throw enough, you're also more vulnerable for injury. Yes, I agree. Like you, you can't do it until you've done it. So, uh, you know, all, a lot of minor league prospects, and I'm certain they have data to support it, but like they'll cap them at 100 innings or, or whatever it is. And, um, you know, and just kind of build up from there. And then when they get to the major leagues, like you can't expect them. Like you look at what the Marlins did with Yuri Perez, like they had a, you know, they had to set him down in the minor leagues at one point to kind of control his innings. And um, I'm, I'm not saying it's right or wrong. It's just like, that's the, the yeah. way it's done in the industry now in, in the professional industry. And it certainly wasn't when, when I, you know, and I came up 25 years ago now, um, but guys would just throw like you, you're the starting pitcher on the A ball team and you throw every fifth day for the entire a ball season. And by the end of the year, you have 140 innings or whatever you have. And that's that. And then next year you do it again. Um, I don't know that injuries are any less now. Um, I do know guys are throwing a lot harder now. So it's probably a lot more taxing on their arm to throw that many innings and that many pitches. I think it's probably good to monitor that, but at the same time, like you can't expect them then to be able to do that until they've done it. Like, and you, and, and it takes time and building up um, to, to get there. When you're looking at a young pitcher, do you limit the amount of the uh, you know curveballs and sliders? So any of your breaking stuff, like what age do you say it's okay to start throwing breaking stuff? You know, and kind of like you know looking at you know arm strength. I know you guys do a lot um, with the Magpies. You do a lot of uh, you know how with velo to try to build up build up arm strength. Yeah. So we're, we're, so from a VLA standpoint, we're kind of um, last year, last winter, we kind of scaled that back a little bit. We're kind of getting a more defined throwing program now. I think going into this off season with a lot, you know, long toss and, you know, maybe like one VLO day a week. Um, I think they're, you know, as long as that's, that's monitored, that's been proven that it's fine at this age, um, especially like long toss is really good. Just kids, you have to throw hard to throw hard. You can't expect that you're going to throw harder if you're not practicing it um, like anything else. And um, the curveballs, that's, you know, there's kind of varying 
um, um, reports on that. That we started lightly throwing curveballs at like ten. I think I started when I was young. The first I I would always mess around with it, but the first year I ever like got a real curveball, I was eleven years old, and um, I started throwing it and throwing it a decent amount. Never really had any problems. I think if if they're taught to throw it right, and um, and they are throwing it right. It, it seems that, you know, the the uh, studies seem to show there isn't significantly more danger to doing that than just throwing fastballs. Um, the key is throwing it right and learning how and not just twisting your wrist, but kind of throwing it almost like a like a ham like you're hammering something in. Um, you know, there's a difference there. And that's what will make the difference in terms of whether it's going to cause any wear and tear on their, their elbow. Um, but I don't think 11 is too young. I just think you have to, you know, monitor how much it's done and how it's done. And they need to start to learn how to do that. You see it, you go to tournaments, kids are doing it. Um, kids are throwing breaking balls and, uh, and, and whatever. And I think it's fine. I just, you have to make sure it's being done right. Otherwise you're, you're running the risk of running into some trouble. Is there, what, what kind of drills work when kids need to work? You know, it could be by themselves. It could be. <laughs> For parents or coaches, what for, do you from a like, curveball standpoint, yeah, well, and pitchers just pitching. I know you know we'll have the towel. I'm you yeah. know snap the towel. If yeah, so if you're, I mean, if you're at home and alone, like that's really one of the main, one of the best things you can do. Like I, I like towel drills. Uh, you put a chair out in front and you you kind of whack that chair and push it out just far enough that you're making sure they they're really reaching out and getting extended and all that, and they're not just cutting themselves off. But get it out there and 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 um. You know, that's that's one like by yourself thing. If you can, if you have space in the yard and, and a wall or a net to throw into or one of those little you know, home plate looking catchers back there, like go back there with a bucket of balls, even if they're tennis balls um, and really work on it. Um, you know, strike throwing, just pick a pick a number in that target or a spot in that target and and pound it and pound it and pound it and real every single pitch. Um, focus on that and concentrate on that because the 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 ability to throw strikes starting at this level you see it like if you can't throw strikes it changes the whole game it doesn't matter what team you're playing for or against it changes the whole game and you don't even need to be throwing hard if you throw it over the plate and you have a competent team behind you you're going to have success um so i think i think going out in your yard and just practicing throwing to a target um, any kind of target, get a cone and put a ball on top of it and try to knock the, the ball off the cone, little targets. Um, not just like, I'm going to throw it at that wall, but like something precise and work on that. And, and, and it'll get better the more that they do it. Yeah. The one thing that I, I know that you and your dad and your brother, I mean, the training is so important. Like your training is really, really strong because you know, you believe in all these fundamentals and all this work that takes place outside of the diamond. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, I mean, it has to be done. Like it, it's, you're not just going to kids when they're this young, you know, you'll have some kids that are just bigger and stronger than everyone else and they're going to have success, but eventually that's going to even out. And if those kids aren't, um, you know, putting in the same amount of work or, you know, the other kids are are just physically catching up to them, then that playing field is going to get even evened out. And and the ones that are ultimately, you know, doing the work are, are the ones that are going to get kind of 
get going past everybody else. So it's, you know, it's, it's frustrating sometimes if you have a kid that isn't where you want them to be at age nine or 10 or 11, but it doesn't necessarily mean that's going to be the case when they're 13 or 14. And if they're willing to, and wanting to practice and, you know, practice the right way, um, they can make a lot of gains. Uh, you know, puberty does a lot of crazy things to a lot of kids, both, both ways. So, um, you know, they can, they can, they can kind of catch up and it's, it's hard to not get discouraged sometimes, but, um, you know, if, if you got to trust that if you find the trainer or, or coach that you like, and you believe in and that, and they're doing the things the right way, it, it'll, your kid will get as good as they're going to get. I heard a story that a friend of mine whose son goes to, um, your, your guys Academy and, uh, Vince Panvini and okay. his son, Vinny's, son was a junior at Eustace. He had been working with you guys for a while. And then from his junior year to his senior year, he had an amazing, and what a great senior year he had, winds up going to, he gets a, a great division two scholarship, really good baseball down South. And it shows <laughs> you like the development that comes, that can come, you know, in high school, right? Like, yep. so, you know, parents are nuts. Like yep. we're all crazy. Right. We're all worried about nine, ten, eleven. When you know, development can happen in the high school. Absolutely. I mean, you see kids that go into high school at five foot five, one hundred and twenty-five pounds, and by junior year they're you know six one, one eighty, and it's a whole different ball game. Like it, it's it it's different for everyone, um, for for every kid. Um, and you know, some kids don't develop as much as you know you want them to physically and and that's going to be a barrier but um but i think yeah it, there's there's something to be said for just being patient and kind of staying the course because like you said the parents were we are nuts and we want everything like right now why is my kid not as good as he should be why is my kid still batting seventh or ninth be, you know we put in all this work and he's not getting better and i don't see it I mean, yeah, there's plenty of kids that it's just that's not going to happen for. It's it's a hard game and you know, it it just it it just is. But um, but for for some, they're gonna take a leap and and if and it's mostly gonna be the ones that are, you know, kind of putting in the, the right amount of work and doing the right right things. What do you like about youth baseball today that's different maybe from when you were growing up or we were growing up? And what would you like to see change? Um, I mean, I like that there's a lot more opportunities for kids to play travel ball. Uh, there's, you know, there's so many different organizations and it, it and it kind of grows the game from that standpoint. Um, that That's kind of a double edged sword, because while that's the case, like the that's really the only route to go. I miss Little League Baseball being what at least it was in my brain, it is in my brain when I was growing up, like it was competitive and like every game mattered and we had standings and, and, and all this kind of stuff. And it was like, you go, you went in the championship and it mattered. And um, like, it, it felt competitive and, and fun. And now like, it, it doesn't seem like it has that the in-house leagues have that same um, because travel balls kind of taken away from that and travel balls sort of like, it's the only route to go. If you want your kid to play competitive baseball, um, I don't love the tournament format so much because it's just hard. Like if you want to win a tournament, you have to play five, five games probably in a weekend. And that's hard on kids pitching. You end up having to pitch kids two, sometimes three games in a weekend. Like it's, it's crazy. 
I wish that there were there was um, even just like a you know there there are some leagues like in our area there's the TSE league and I think a little further north there's USABL and I think there if there was like a you know more of a league like that I think kids like that I think they like seeing standings and um, you know we're we're gonna make the playoffs and then there's yeah. a playoffs. And all of that kind of stuff. Like, I think that that's fun. Like that's, that seems like real baseball. The tournaments are fun and you get a trophy at the end of it if you win it, but it's hard and it's exhausting. And parents are there from 8 a.m. Sometimes 7 a.m. It's the Eagles game. Six in the, yeah, exactly. On a Sunday, you're watching the Eagles on your phone and like, you know, you, you, so it, it, there's not that controlled environment of the games that I think, a you know, that I prefer. Um, and Another thing with while all the teams does give you, you know, kids more opportunity also kind of waters everything down a little bit so that, you know, every team has like a couple good players. Um, some teams have a lot of good players, you know, that draw from huge areas and and, and are really big teams. Um, but for the most part, it's it's, you know, it's hard to get consistent, you know, really good competition everywhere you go. Um, but. Yeah, I think I mean I I, w- I would I would kind of like a league, you know, a league idea. That would be the the way that I would go over the over all the tournaments all the time. Yeah, I I love that. I love the league because then all of a sudden the games become a little bit more special. Yeah, like when, you, when you're playing five games in a weekend, you know, like you can see the kids. Like all right, like you know, they, they it wears them out a little bit. Whereas when you're playing one on a Friday, they're like yeah. they're excited. Yep. You know, like you play three a week, you got something to look forward to, right? Yep. You know, I, yep. and I and I'm with you when it comes to a standing. Like, give them something to shoot for. Give them yep. something to say, "Hey, look, we're this close." And yep. I think it it makes you. It's like AAU basketball. I I think that is bad for the game because it just it's too much. It's too much. Yeah, yeah. No, I I agree. I remember you know playing on like a. Thursday night in the fall under the lights, you know, just one game and you go down at, at, at DV and they had the lights and you were, you would play your game and it was great. And you go home and that was it. And it wasn't like a eight hour affair. It was, you played your game and you did it twice, three times a week. You were playing just about as many games. Right. Um, but it was like, you know, it, it, it was a little at a time as opposed to just the weekends. And then that's it. Um, I don't, I don't love that. All right, so I we we got to talk about uh, your dad. So <laughs> Steve Koplov, who is uh, I, I I love the stories, and when you regale us with the stories of dad, who is uh, one of the great characters, great man, beautiful, beautiful loves kids, loves the game uh, immensely. Uh, as a dad, uh, let's start off when. Uh, he signs you to a contract with the Phillies. <laughs> My dad had a lot of like um, psychological operations, psyops that he that he would in, uh, that he would um, that he would use. One of them was I remember I was a little kid. We were in Margate, New Jersey. You know, we'd go down there in the summer, and we would be at a field. And he gave me a uh, an envelope and um, he told me to open it up, and I opened it up, and it was a contract that he had drawn up. Um, with a fake name of a Philly scout. And it said, you know, we're the Phillies. We're offering you this youth contract um, that says that if you do such and such things, and they just happen to coincide with the exact things that my dad wanted me to do, um, 
we will sign you on your 18th birthday. We will sign you to a, you know, to a professional contract. And, you know, I didn't know that there was nine or 10 years old. It sounded great to me. So I signed my first Phillies contract when I was nine. And I fully expected for probably like six months before I wisened up that he was full of it. But uh, he did all these kinds of things. But yeah, the, the fake Phillies contract was the best. And he still tries to do that. He does that to my son every now and then. He tells him stuff like, uh, so we have that hit tracks machine at our gym right. that tells you and it was oh yeah the you've got the uh, you're you're one mile away from the uh, New Jersey state record I've I've got all the the annals in my in my office and uh, and he's you know if you can get to that they'll uh, they'll put you in the books and you you'll have it yeah there's one kid up from uh, from you know from North Jersey and he's a little bit ahead of you right now but you can catch him I think there's this like fantasy kid in my son's head I think from North Jersey who's very good. Um, and he's constantly competing against that kid. So, uh, but like those little games, like, or, or, or things like, you know, you can kind of, I mean, I'm not going to say lie to your kids, but you can, you can, you can inspire them in creative ways. Um, you know, and they like seeing, they like being challenged and seeing, um, seeing like progress, uh, you know, all of those kinds of things, um, you know, that are measurable kids, like and it gives them a feeling of competitiveness and a feeling of accomplishment and when they accomplish stuff it makes them like it more and want to do more so you know he's always my dad has always been all about that i have a ledger book from the time from the 1980s with all of my you know my running times how i did on fielding ground balls that day how hard i threw that day um it was all taken down and you can see like the progress from 1987 to 1990 five or whatever it was it was funny because didn't at first he wanted you to play basketball he was going to try to get make you a basketball player he was so my dad loves basketball i love basketball my dad loves it um and he actually crazy in the early 80s was like a partial owner of a cba team the atlantic city high rollers they were called and they played a convention hall in Atlantic City. Um, and then they got sold to Wildwood or something like that. And he didn't, but he was there. So we would go to those games. And every now and then, like one of the players would get signed by an NBA team. But um, from that time, and, you know, I, I, we had a hoop in my yard and I would train all the time. He loved it. But my dad, if you, I mean, you've met him is five nine, 130 pounds. Like it's very unlikely that, his son is going to make it real far in basketball. Um, so I think he realized that um, and kind of diverted. I always played basketball up till like high school or whatever. Did um, you put a floor in the, in the house? Well, the floor happened to be, it was hardwood and it was, you know, and it was, we had a really long house in Queen village that was straight back and there was a long hardwood floor and he would, you know, he he would pay me a dollar. This is another one. He would pay me a dollar for every lap that I dribbled up and back the house, which was probably like 40 feet up and back 50 feet. So I would dribble and dribble and dribble. And one day I was homesick from school and I dribbled a thousand laps because I'm like, I'm going to get a thousand dollars. And my dad would write me fake checks and give them to me. And I would have these checks for like thousand, a thousand dollars, six hundred dollars. I thought I was, you know, I thought never not cashable, but I thought I had money. Yeah, he kept. He, I tell you, he he had all sorts of tricks. Did you? What was that like growing up? Like when he now? So then it's baseball. So the, yeah. knowing his nature, it's like all right, you know, we're gonna do everything we can to help 
and and it worked. I mean, I'm yeah. and I'm sure that yeah. there was a push and a pull, and you know, you know, you you as a child go, I just want to be a kid and just yeah. go play football. Yeah, yeah. Oh, absolutely. I mean, there were there was, and my son's the same way. Um, he's exactly the same as me. Like I, I, there were very, there were a lot of times where I was just like, I don't want to do this. I just want to sit home and play Zelda or watch, you know, wrestling on a Saturday morning or something. And a lot of times I didn't have that opportunity. It was like, you're going to the gym, you're going to practice and that's it. And there were many days where I hated it and I would fight it. And those would be terrible days. And we would argue for six hours and fight. But ultimately, like my dad was very strong willed. And whether we fought or not, like I did the, the work. And um, I think he always knew. And this is important. Like he always knew. What what was too far for me and when to stop and when to back off. And I I think I learned um, like a certain level of toughness and work ethic through that, um, that carried over throughout, you know, the rest of my career um, in terms of pushing through things when I didn't want to do them. But he, he had his, he really had his finger on the pulse of what I was, what was tolerable for me. And it was never like to the extent where it was not, I mean, abusive or anything like that. It was just like, you're going to do it. This is it. I don't care how much you yell. Um, and I think for parents, we kind of need to know, and sometimes we do, and sometimes we don't, what our, where our kids threshold is. Like, sometimes you got to, you got to pull back, um, with it. And sometimes you have to be like, you can do a little bit more. So that's an important thing to learn in, in all of this, especially if your kid's serious about sports, like you right. have to, you have to find where, where that stopping point is. Um, and my dad was really good about not crossing that no that's a great advice too because i think if there's a flaw today it's we don't push hard enough like yeah. i do think we could you know there's this natural thing and like you know it's so funny when you have them and when they're how we are different than our dads in that you're a little more you're not as you know tough yeah. They try to be, try to be, and, yeah. and you don't want to be soft, and you don't want them to be that way. But you, you, you're still. It's. Just, I just think it's societal in nature. Yep. yep, agreed, agreed. I think every probably every generation says that about the one that comes after it. It's not as tough as this. Like if you hear our grandparents tell tell stories, they probably think our parents had it easy, and I'm certain our parents think we had it easy, and now we think our kids have it easy. Um, and I think agree. It's it's definitely societal, and 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 you know the limits kind of keep changing on what's acceptable and what's not. Um, you know there are certainly things that my dad did in 1986 or said to me about me that like would never fly today, and I can't do or say to my son. Um, but it was it was fine then, and I think I think we are at times a little hesitant. Um, to, to, to push our kids as much as they can be. Um, that being said, like I'm, I'm much softer on my son than my dad was on me. And, um, and I have to kind of balance that because I don't want him, like you said, to kind of soften up as a, as a result of it, because there is, it takes toughness, not just in sports, but in life. Like it, it's, you know, yeah. you, you, you don't, you want your kid to be 
to have some measure of toughness in their life to deal with adversity because it's going to come, whether it's on a playing field or in a classroom or at a job later in life. Um, and sports are really good to teach you those things. Um, and so it's, it's, you know, there are lessons that they can, they can take if we are able to kind of deliver them properly as parents. Yeah. I, I had one, the other, it, this was, and I think I brought it up on the podcast once, but it, it was one of those days where it was a Sunday morning. Uh, my little Moss was playing, he plays football too. So he had like two baseball games and he had uh, a football game. And so, and then we had an early tournament, right, on Sunday where we had to be at the field by seven. Right. And, you know, he did not want to get up. And my wife was like, let him sleep in. What's the big, and I go, no, he has to go. Like, you know, he, he like if, he's, yep. if he's sick, it's one thing, but he's got to go. Like he made a commitment and he's got to yep. go. And he wound up, you know, going three for three in the game, right? And he, he was like, I was so happy because it was validation to the parenting that right. just show up, dude. Like just life is about showing up, doing work, but just being there, like, and not calling out and not, yeah. you know, because all society now is, well, we'll just call out. Yep. Yep. Agreed. It's yeah. A, a lot of it is, is showing up and, and learning to do that and, and being consistent with it and pushing yourself to to do the right thing like it's it's so much easier to stay in bed at seven o'clock on a sunday morning we want to do it like you didn't want to go to that game i promise no. you didn't. i certainly don't when we <laughs> when our team loses two games on a saturday and we look at the bracket we're like oh god it's eight o'clock in diamond nation that's an hour and 20 minutes away we got to wake up at 5 30 zero people want to do that there's nobody that wants to do it but it's kind of part of this process um and it's inspiration to the kids to not go oh and two on a saturday yeah. Yes. 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 What did uh, what, what is it good for kids to play multiple sports? Is it good for you know when yeah. do you, when do you yeah. say you got to choose? Uh, I mean, I think it kind of ch ultimately chooses for them. I, um, a lot of times, like I mean, like it did for me. Like I wasn't, you know, I played basketball for a certain level, and then that was it. Like I wasn't good enough to. I could have been a the 12th man on the varsity basketball team probably, but like, you know, that's right. I was the best player on the baseball team. Like it, it chose for me. And I think that happens a lot. Um, but yeah, I think, I think playing multiple sports is really good. I think it, it teaches you um, different, different, you know, body movements, all these kinds of things It train, you know, you learn how to train differently for different things and, and, and adapt and your body learns how to adapt. And um, it just, it, it it's, it, it helps with burnout. Like, you know, only doing baseball for 365 days is it, it gets boring. It's going to get boring no matter what, no matter how much a kid likes baseball. Um, Alex plays basketball. He's not Steph Curry at basketball. He's just out there running around. He doesn't know what he, what he's doing really, but he enjoys doing it. And he likes jacking up shots from all over the court and whatever. And it's a little less stressful for me to just go to a basketball game and watch him and be like, Oh God, what are you doing out there, man? As opposed to like losing my mind in the dugout when he takes strike three. Um, but he, uh, you know, it's, 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 they need to do things that are, that are fun in addition to things that are a little more 
like work and it, baseball or whatever sport shouldn't necessarily be work at this age, but there's a work factor to it. They have to put in the practice time. Um, and I think things that are, that are fun, whether it's football, soccer, whatever other sport they like to do, like it, it it's, I think it's a great idea. And I think it, I, I encourage it. What, what do you, you know, being a scout and you'll look at kids and, you know, you're part of the draft process and what, what do you look for? Like when you're looking at these high school kids, you know, let, let's talk about that age group for a second. What, what, what are you looking for? Like, what are some of the things, knowing that at some point you even mature from 18 to 22? Right. So what are you looking at, you know, for, as a scout? There's, there's, a, there's, a lot of, there's a lot of things, um, you know, and it's obviously it's different with pitchers and position players. But just from like, a, say, a position player standpoint, um, you have to look at their body. You know, that's that's really important. You there's only so much growing they're going to do. Um, and you have to, you have to see what they look like, how athletic they are, how strong they are, how strong you think they're going to get. You know, is a guy six foot 170 and you think he can get to 190 pounds or you think he's really, you know, he's a really narrow frame and that's about it. And that's he's not going to get much bigger and that's going to make a big difference. Um, you know, that's one of the first things you see when you look at a player is what they look like, how big they are, how big they're going to get, um, how, how, how explosive and, and athletic they are, all of those kinds of things. And then, you know, and then you have to see them on the baseball field and what they look like, um, you know, from a hitting standpoint, like how consistently are they barreling up the ball, even in batting practice? How does the ball come off their bat? Um, you know, how do they, you know, a lot of times they're not seeing really good pitching. So are they hitting bad pitching the way you would expect a good hitter to hit bad pitching? Um, you know, what they look like in the field, how they move around, how fast they are, um, all those kinds of things with pitchers. It's this, it's a lot of the same Pitching's a little easier because what they throw is kind of objective. Like he throws it that hard and his curveball's this good. And, um, you know, he's six, three, one eighty five. like that's, perfect because that guy's going to be six three two oh five in six years and he's going to be throwing four miles an hour harder or whatever it is so pitching at the high school level is a lot easier for me to scout um i i think if you ask most scouts the hardest demographic of anyone to scout is high school position players it's just a lot of variance um of of what what can happen uh the real good ones stand out obviously but there's it's it's tricky like you look at this watching texas right now they got this kid evan carter and yes. he, yeah. nobody knew who, nobody had any idea who he was like no. half the industry didn't even see him he was the covid year he didn't play on the summer circuit the year before so nobody saw him at the area code games and the and the under armor games and all this kind of stuff and you know the texas i mean it's it, credit to them like their their area guy saw him somewhere and um and they got enough looks at him before everything shut down and they took him in the second round. And I think a lot of the industry was like, who in God's name is Evan Carter? And the kid's fantastic. And he's in the big leagues and he's doing great in the playoffs right now. And, um, you know, they 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 nailed it. But it's it's that in general, that demographic's hard to get right. And you see a lot of a lot of swings and misses uh, with that. So um, but, yeah, when when I'm looking, a lot of it is is physical, like what what they are now, and what I think they'll be when they're 25 years old. Yeah, and you, you bring up, you know, judging power is so hard because, oh. you know, like you bring up Evan Carter and wow, like, you know, yep. ball flies on his bat and everybody missed him. Right? It's, yeah, everybody it's, missed him. Not only missed him, like, didn't even know who he was. It's not like we're like, nah, that guy, yeah, uh, take him in right. the seven. It was like, 
never heard of them. Um, like that's, that's really, I mean, that's an anomaly and that's COVID doing that a lot. Um, like some, we would, the industry would have caught on and by May, everyone would have known who Evan Carter was. Like if he was that good, but, uh, you know, Texas got in there ahead of the curve and it all, you know, everything stopped and they were the only, one of the only teams that ever had a chance to see him. Um, so, so Yeah. And that's where, like, modern-day scouting, right, like, between perfect game baseball and game changer and all these things that are out there, these tools, video, all those games that are played in Georgia, um, you know, they there's a lot of those showcase games. Yeah. So, that, like, you've – like, how many games – you must see – I can't imagine how many games you must see during the course of the year. Well, I, I – I, fortunately for me, I, I don't see a lot. Not I say fortunate because those days are very long. I don't see a lot of the amateur stuff in the summer. Like as soon as the draft is over, I go right. and throw stuff and I'm doing free agents and trades and covering teams and, and things and now advancing and things like that. So I don't see much of the, the draft guys. But yeah, for full time amateur scouts, like those summer days are grinding because there's four games in in right outside of Atlanta or in Long Beach or San Diego or whatever it is now or down in Fort Myers a day. And um, they're, you know, they're seeing all of these high school kids and getting their first looks at a lot of these kids that are going to be the top draft picks the following year. So like maybe Evan Carter was at some of those events, but not many of them, um, whereas everyone else that's going to be drafted really high is at all of those things um, in some form or fashion. So we're getting, you know, we're getting looks at them and it's, it's, it's a lot, but for me, like, I, I mean, I see a, a million baseball games a year, but I, I'm missing some of that stuff. You know, you know it's a great lesson. We're talking about players, but I'm watching Alec Bohm field third. And it's, it's a great lesson to all young baseball players because man, like you want to talk about a, a kid that made himself into being a plus fielder. Yep. Like, you know, he, listen, there, game one was a big deal. It's 5-3. And, you know, he made two ridiculously great yep. plays to yep. save runs and, and keep yep. rallies out. Yep, he did. He's – that's – I mean, that's the thing. Like, and we talked about him a lot in the draft room and about that. And there wasn't a, a – it wasn't a strong contingent that thought he was going to stay at third base. He's – you know, he's not – hyper athletic he's very big he's got long limbs it's like not a uh, it's not a traditional third baseman's body there's only been a handful of guys that size like you know Roland obviously but Roland's in a whole different tier and you know Troy Gloss was really big but other than that there's not six five third baseman it's just it's hard you got to be you got to play that game so low to the ground so it was you know we definitely had those discussions and there were a few a few people that thought he would stay at third base and one of the things that I saw when I when I watched him as an amateur was that gave me some confidence um, was that the, the kid puts in work. Like, I think I thought he wants to stay at third base and he is going to do everything he can possibly do. He doesn't want to be a first baseman. He wants to be a third baseman. Um, and I saw that in college when I saw him at Wichita. Um, and I thought like, maybe he doesn't, maybe he doesn't become capable of it, but this kid, I trust that he is going to put every ounce of his, off field time into making himself as good as possible. And we have an outstanding, a lot has been said about Bobby Dickerson. We have an outstanding infield instructor and he, he was my coach in double a he's awesome. He's great with infielders. And 
you know, God bless them. They, they work together. And there are times, cause we, we, we look back, you know, last year he made three errors in one game, one game, one day he made three errors in one inning or something like two years ago. And it was, you know, it, it had been ugly at times, but um, he never lost faith, faith in himself being over there. Uh, the team, you know, didn't lose faith in him and it, it, it kind of flipped. And, I it's it that's one of my favorite things to see is when he you know he made that diving play down the line the other day where he backhanded and got up from his knees and threw it and I'm like like that's 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 awesome it's it's so good to see and it's it's just one of the things it's a testament to to hard work and and belief and grinding it out and getting yourself uh to, to where you want to be and he's I don't think he's going to stop improving over there and look he Five years from now, we might have somebody else who's a great third baseman and he goes to first base, but he has lengthened his time at third base, uh, that window dramatically with all the hard work that he's put in with 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 Bobby over there. You even see that the plate, like his plate coverage is yeah. just like like and that comes from work like that young young kids need to see that because that plate coverage, all that stuff is is work. Yeah, it is. It is. And it's it's. Uh, I think if you watch the game yesterday, like his first at bat, he got out. Um, and this isn't just him. It's 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 every hitter. But they showed him in the dugout and he's immediately on the iPad, like looking at it and and learning and saying, I've never seen this picture before. This is what he did to me um, and trying to figure it out and watching watching the at bat over. And all these guys are now doing that and and learning, you know, how are pitchers attacking me? And the pitchers are learning. How are these hitters approaching you know, the way I'm going at them. And it's kind of a back and forth there of, of constantly growing. But for, 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 for Bohm in particular, like if you watch him his first couple of years, teams just pounded him in with fastballs. And as a rookie, he was fine. They didn't know it. His second year, he really struggled a lot because they're like, show me, you can do this. And he couldn't do it for a while. And then he made the next adjustment and he figured out, you know, how to get his barrel to the ball to that velocity a, a little bit better. And, and it's kind of, you know, it, it, it's helped him a lot. And he's, he's still, um, I think anyone would say like as a six, five third baseman, you'd love to see him turn it loose and just be like, go get it, hit, drive it out to left field. But he's such a good hitter and he's content to line the ball in the right field a lot. Um, and, and so, I mean, that's coming. He got to 20 home runs this year. And I think that's going to keep climbing um, as, as he develops, but he's, he's a really good hitter. Um, and it's, it's, it's fun to see, you know, guys that you draft kind of develop, um, and, and become vital parts of the team. The, the, I, the last one I just got to ask you about is watching, I saw Bryce as a young, you know, he was a phenom and, and young kids can really should go back and see it now. Cause now you can actually see his hit the way he approaches the game is a lesson to every young player. Like I, I just, I'm in awe of him as a baseball player. Yeah. Oh, okay. I mean, it's, it's look, we saw him in Washington for years and there is not a single person in Philadelphia that didn't hate his guts. Um, you know, when he played for the nationals and it's easy to take that approach when you're watching him from the other side, when you watch him on your team, that dude plays so hard all the time and it's so few players. And I, as a scout, when I, I scouted him when he was with the nationals and I heard all the stuff and it's Bryce Harper and he's a hot shot or whatever and all this shit, whatever that dude hits a ground ball. He runs hard down the line. He runs like his hair's on fire. And you're like, nobody does that. He does it all the time. He goes and 
balls out in the outfield for everything when he was out there. He plays as hard as he can all the time. And there are so few players that do that. And I think the more that you watch him on your own team, you start to appreciate that. And he has played under the limelight. And it's been said since he was 15, 16 years old and to be the player that he is and to deal with all of that and still be as like, as dedicated to the game and to his team and to winning as he is and playing the game hard. Like, there's so few guys in, in 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 the world in any sport that are like that. He is so, he is like ridiculously special as a player, but as like his attitude on the field, it stands out. And Phillies fans they do appreciate it and they should appreciate it because he is a once in a generation type player from that standpoint. And it, it it's really it's really remarkable to see and fun to watch. And you know I love that dude for it. I do too. I, I and that's what I love his attitude, like greatness. There's there's tremendously skilled players that we watch, and you know, and when we love the game, you just love watching these guys play. But it's like that attitude, that like the dedication to the game, the little nuances, yeah. the, the hard, the, all that stuff, the busting it, man. Like it's it's Pete Rose had that, but yeah. Bryce has it in a pure way, man. It's unbelievable i i just i I can't say enough i knew you would you just appreciate that i do yeah there's nothing like fake about it or anything like that that dude wants to win he wants to win so bad um and it's and it's it's fun to watch and it's fun that we get to have that in our city somebody like that and and admire it and appreciate it for what it is my last thing which what advice do you give parents from mike Koplov, dad former big leaguer, major league scout, you know, coach, youth coach. What what would you give, what advice would you give parents, general parents? Uh, easier said than, well, it, it's easier because to say it than do it because I'm guilty of it, but relax. Um, just relax. Like it's, all of it is a process, whether your son's going to, or daughter is going to get to where you want them to be or not. Um, it's so easy to spaz out on the sidelines or, or, or whatever. And I see it all the time. It's with tons of parents that are just, you know, there's plenty that, that are just there that are on the team and just having fun, but the the ones that are serious about it, um, like it's, it's hard to, to just like sit back and recognize these kids are little, you know, my son is 10 years old. Your son is 10 years old. Um, it's, it's, they're little at this point in time and let them, let them go out there and, you know, push them at the right times, but, but be, be a parent more than anything else. And I'm guilty of it. Like I, it, and I have like a small group of friends that, um, you know, that, uh, that I'm with that we kind of, when we're together, we're like, watch me. And if I start going crazy, like pull me aside and be like, Hey, Mike, or Hey, you know, whatever, you know, cool it cool it um and you know it's because it's it's hard it's it's frustrating sometimes like kids they're frustrating they're little kids they're gonna mess up um and you have to you have to remember you're a parent first before anything and these kids are trying their best and i will say on your behalf the time you got thrown out of the game was not your fault Oh gosh! I, every single person in my immediate family has now been thrown out of a a, a Mike Pies travel game. My dad, me, 
my wife, all of us. So relax, relax. No, nobody will catch dad though. Nobody's going to catch Steve. He's got the record. No, no, no. He's got the most. He's yeah. He's one of a kind. There's no relaxing with Steve. No. Robert, thank you. Uh, yes. Your advice is is incredible. And uh, go Phillies, pal. Yes, go Phillies. Thanks. Man. <laughs>